And now let's bring our guest in uh, for this week on the Announcer Schedule podcast. If you've driven in your car, if you've turned on the television, you have heard the voice of Roxy Bernstein, play-by-player from just about every network possible. And he joins us now on the Announcer Schedule podcast. Roxy, welcome inside the Announcer Schedule podcast. How are you? Mike, Phil, thanks for having me. Doing awesome. Can't can't complain one bit. Well, uh, it's it's tough to complain when you get the front row seat you have. And tell our listeners a little bit about how you kind of uh, wiggled your way to obtain that front row seat for so many great sporting events. Well, I knew as a kid, I realized early on, I probably wasn't getting to the NBA <laughs> as much as I thought I could as a player. So what's the best next best thing to do? And that's sit courtside and be able to talk about the games. And I wanted to do that from a young age and follow that passion when I went to school and I played sports as far as it probably would take me. And then focused on this profession, which has been unbelievable, just some amazing experiences. And I keep getting new ones all the time. And I'm, I'm the luckiest guy to be doing what I'm doing and having the opportunities I get. Yeah. What would you say, Roxy, you know, so many of our guests have kind of, you know, uh, explained a, a big break or somebody not showing up to something as the way they got in. Uh, was there that moment that kind of was that uh, big break for you? I had that moment with, with ESPN. I was trying for years, like a lot of people, to get in and, and talk to the, what, the the right people. And they, look, they told me you're good, but we got contracts. We got people to worry. We, we I don't know if there'll be an opportunity, but I'll keep you in mind. And that went on for a few years. Um, and then I was, I was broadcasting Cal basketball at the time on radio. And they happened to be in a tournament in Orlando, which uh, used to be, what, the Old Spice Classic. I think it's now uh, the, the Advocare Invitation of the Disney Wild World of Sports. So I'm sitting in the stands with uh, one of the assistant coaches from Cal, Greg Gottlieb, who is Doug Gottlieb's brother. It happens to be one of uh, Greg's one of my close friends. And we're sitting there, and this guy walked in, and he sat down on press row, and then people were coming up to him and making a commotion. I'm like, who's that? And Greg knew that was Chris Farrell, who was one of the top guys for college basketball at ESPN. I exchanged emails. I talked to Chris, but I never met him. And I'm like, oh, my God, that's Chris Farrell. Now i got to go talk to Chris Farrell. And so sure enough, I walked down, introduced myself, he knew exactly who I was and remember their conversations and we're chatting for like 10, 15 minutes. And it's funny because he kept looking at his watch. I'm going, oh, crap, I'm boring the guy, right? What's going on? Well, it turns out Rich Hollenberg, who was driving over from Tampa, to also see Chris that day in Orlando. So here he is getting sandwiched by two guys trying desperately to get in and get an opportunity from ESPN. And I think I made a good enough impression because I was flying home the next day and I was uh, checking my phone and had an email from Chris asking me if I was available for a game three weeks later. And that was my first game at ESPN. And I've been in the fold ever since and an eternally grateful and loyal to Chris for giving me that opportunity. Yeah, Roxy, uh, you know, I, I am a brand manager at a radio station in the Atlantic City market. And I'll get the emails from Jeff Martindale telling me, you know, who's uh, calling the game. So your name is very prevalent. Uh, but, you know, it sounds like... Uh, Basketball was the first way you broke in, but then how did you kind of branch off Major League Baseball, college football, and some of the other sports? 
Well, I was doing minor league baseball for a number of years. In addition to calling games, I got hired at, at Cal to be the radio voice of Cal basketball when I was 23. And it was a huge break and opportunity. I was in the right place at the right time. They were looking for somebody, probably wanted to go on the cheaper side. And sure enough, here's a snot-nosed kid out of college. We'll give him an opportunity. But they knew me because I was doing games on the student radio station while I was going to school. But through baseball, worked my way up doing minor league ball and got an opportunity to call games with the Giants in 2003 when uh, John Miller would take off and go do Sunday night baseball for ESPN. So I did a number of games for the Giants that year. Uh, 2004, I went back and did another full season of minor league ball. In the 2005, uh, I was hired by the then Florida, now Miami Marlins, to be the radio voice working alongside the Hall of Famer Dave Van Horn. But I'd also done football uh, locally, whether it was cable access and high school games, just anything I could do to get my feet wet and get as much experience as I could possibly get. And it just kind of blossomed into this career, which I'm still amazed that I get to do the things that I'm doing. Roxy, great to see you again. I think last time we caught up was at Marlins Park. Yeah. When you're, you're making a return uh, to a you know Marlins game. Most recently, you've been completely on the other side of the world. You're in Israel for the inaugural birthright for college basketball tour with the Auburn men's basketball team, uh, three broadcasts on the SEC network alongside Jay Billis, but a 10 day tour with that basketball team, you know, historical, spiritual, um, had to be incredible. Tell us about that experience. It was amazing. I couldn't have asked for a better experience. First off to spend a week and a half with Jay, his lovely wife, Wendy, uh, Bruce Pearl, uh, our boss from ESPN went on the trip also. The Auburn kids, the whole staff, Auburn people were awesome to be around. And it was an, just an incredible experience for 10 days. They played three games over there. And it turns out one of my good friends was the coach for one of the teams that Auburn played. He played basketball at Cal back almost about 20 years ago now. So I got to spend some time with him. But when they called me in May and they're putting this deal together, hey, Auburn's going to be the first team to ever do this. Are you interested? I, I couldn't say yes fast enough. And I had visions of what this trip would go like. I'd been there before, but it exceeded every expectation that I had. And even though I was some of the museums and sites we were I was doing for a second time, you can't do them enough, like float in the Dead Sea, uh, go to the Western Wall. All, all these experiences and seeing the reaction of the Auburn kids' faces as well, uh, taking this all in, that made it worthwhile right there. But I, I just can't thank them enough for sending me and tagging me along on this trip because it was just a, an amazing experience. And can you tell us a little bit about the the basketball side of it all? What were the game broadcasts like, uh, you know, the, the opponent who Auburn would face and so forth? So the first game they played was the Israeli junior national team, the under-20 team, at least it was supposed to be. It didn't turn out to be the team because they had just got back playing from a competition. Some of them had military commitments. So uh, they ended up playing the team that just uh, competed in the Maccabi Games, and I believe they took the bronze medal. Uh, the United States, oddly enough, Doug Gottlieb coached the United States team that won the gold medal at the Maccabi games, but this was the same team essentially that had just played and they were overmatched physically. A lot of the kids were still 17, 18 years old uh, and Auburn just was too much for them. And it was a one-sided blowout. 
The second game got a little bit more interesting. It was against the Israeli select team, so some pros that play in the professional league over there included uh, Chris Smith, who played at Louisville, the brother of J.R. Smith. Tony Mitchell, who played in the NBA, had a great brief career at North Texas. Uh, so there was some real competition in the second game that could physically stand up to Auburn, but Auburn ended up wearing him down and, and pulling away and winning by a big mount. Then the final game was the next night, so they went a back-to-back. It was in the a beautiful arena in downtown Tel Aviv where the uh, Maccabi Tel Aviv professional team plays against the Israeli senior national team, and that's a legitimate, really good basketball team. you got Denny Avdia of the Washington Wizards who played in the game that night, uh, Yamadar, who was a second-round pick by the Celtics a few years ago, some of the guys that played college basketball, Roman Sorkin, who went to a Final Four, and won a couple of Pac-12 championships at Oregon. Uh, Jake Cohen, who played at Davidson, and one of the best players in Davidson history, not named Steph Curry. Uh, even though he's a Pennsylvania native, he can play for the uh, Israeli national team being Jewish. So it was a strong team that Auburn played, and, and the Israeli team won the last game. It was really good competition, and I, I think for Bruce Pearl and his kids to go through the experience and play that kind of competition, it, it, was, it was a great trip. Well, sensational that you got to experience it as well and, and uh, you know, bring viewers back here uh, stateside, you know, all the action. Well, you work with Jay Billis, you know, for those games, but I'd be remiss not to ask you about one of your other regular partners, Bill Walton. You know, I know you, you've worked a ton of games with Bill. Um, you Ooh. hung out with him. Yeah. Ooh. I'm trying to yeah. forget that guy. Uh. Yeah. What's his name? Yeah. No, no, that's his shtick. I can't use that. <laughs> that's right. But tell us actually, about what it's like. I mean, what? How do you pull that off? Being the play-by-play announcer alongside a personality like Bill Walton. Well, first off, Phil, it was really refreshing to be able to just talk basketball during a game, and actually be able to have a conversation with my analysts about the game we're watching. Uh, but but seriously, Bill's the best. He really is. Um, there isn't a more welcoming, engaging, smart. I mean, Bill's Bill is brilliant. He really is, and he's got a a, a method to his madness. Uh, and it is. I mean, if I could go back and talk to my 13, 14 year old self, ten year old, whatever, I'm going to become friends and get to work with Bill Walton. Are you serious? Like, I, I that's what I get to do. And I don't, I don't take that for granted either because I just soak up the knowledge, everything it, that I can get from him when I'm around him, the stories that he tells. Uh, it's just he's just an amazing person. And I think people see this caricature on television. It's it, I, let me clue you in on the secret. I'm going to pull back the curtain here. It's an act. OK, if he wanted to be cookie cutter analyst, Bill's done that. He could do it. But Bill, I think this is good stimulation for him and he's, his ability to inform the audience and make it a well-rounded broadcast and culture the audience. So they're not just, okay, laser focused in on this game. And I learn stuff all the time and I have never had any clue. He, guys, he never opens the door to what is going to happen that night. The, essentially, the first conversation of that day that Bill and I are having is hi, welcome to Pauley Pavilion, along with the Hall of Famer, Bill Walden. I'm Roxy Bernstein. That's the first time we're really talking all day. We go to shoot-arounds, but we sit at opposite ends of the gym. 
we may say hello, then even if I even try to ask him, Bill, how, hey, how, how's your day? How's Lori doing? He'll look at me with his quizzical look and say, save it for the air. <laughs> I, so I can't even have a conversation with him. So that's the first time we're talking all day. I like and it. It's, it's just I cherish every time I get to work with him. I really do. We like to needle him, and we like to prod him a little bit. But Dave Pash and I have talked about this frequently. We wouldn't trade it for anything. And you've been to a dead show with them? Is that correct, Roxy? So I am self-professed here. I am not a deadhead. But I had to go just one time, especially with him. Right? So I had just gotten back. uh, I was doing the Diamond Head Classic one year in Honolulu. This was right before COVID. So this was twenty New Year's Eve 2019, 2020. And so I just got back. Bill and I did a game uh, in L.A. I think we did a back-to-back ESC and UCLA games uh, right before New Year's. And he is needling me, chiding me about, you're scared. Like, he asked me about the dead, and he's, oh, you don't want to go. You can't handle it. And he is just tempting me and whipping me with all this uh, banter about the dead. And my family was gone. They were, they were out of town. So I'm home alone. They were playing at the Chase Center in San Francisco on New Year's Eve. And so I called Bill the day before. All right, Bill, I'm in. I'm coming. And then he responds, come if you dare. <laughs> and sure enough, show up, hanging out with Bill and Lori back. Like Bill's like a member of the Dead & Company. He really is because – so the show's New Year's Eve. It's packed. It is an unbelievable atmosphere. It's just a fabulous show. And I get to meet all the guys, you know, Bob Weir backstage. Uh, John Mayer was playing with them. It's just phenomenal. And so, and Chris Mullen and his wife are hanging out and going to the show with us. And so sure enough, about 11.15, Bill's like, hey, come with me. So we go backstage and Bill's dressing up as Father Time. Bill is going out on stage with the dead to do the midnight countdown here in San Francisco in front of 18,000 people. And the video of him dancing on the stage at midnight, he's on the drum riser. He was completely in his element and it was awesome to see. (laughs) What's the easiest choice you can make? Window instead of middle seat? Picking a vendor who sends a great gift basket? Outsourcing business tasks you hate? What about selling with Shopify? Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real-life store stage, all the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage? Shopify is there to help you grow. Whether you're selling scented soap or offering outdoor outfits, Shopify helps you sell. Wherever and whatever you're selling, Shopify's got you covered. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash try. Go to shopify.com slash try now to grow your business, no matter what stage you're in. Shopify.com slash try. Uh, tough transition off that one, Roxy, but uh, you are in Texas right now uh, calling the A's and Rangers and kind of how the difference of calling, you know, local radio for a team 
um, you know, especially on the road and traveling, uh, kind of bring our, you know, there's a lot of uh, aspiring broadcasters who are listening to this wondering what life on the road is like, uh, you know, following a, a local team around. Well, a lot of sitting around during the day if it's a night game, but doing work, sitting in the room, I get out a little bit. But it's a, it's a different broadcast, and it's an A-centric broadcast as opposed to what I'm doing a game for ESPN. We're right down the middle, we're neutral, playing for both sides. And, you know, calling games for ESPN Radio, Major League Baseball, it's a little bit different of a presentation. But it is good to get to know the guys, you're on the ends to what's going on. And traveling with the team, it makes it easier you kind of pull for these guys because you get to know them. You want them to do well and you understand your audience. It's, it's a different audience than the national game, which I call the majority of the time. And I only do about, you know, 20 ace games a year, pinch hit relief for whether it's Ken Korak of Vince Catronia, who I'm working with. Um, but it is just good to be around a local group and a good bunch of people. Mark Kotze, the whole staff treat us great. Keep us informed of what's going on. And, it's it's neat to call nine innings a night. And, you know, I did that. I've done that for 162 games. I'm not saying I don't want to do that in the future, but right now that's not what I want to do. I'm happy just pinch hitting, dropping in, doing this. But it's a good group to be involved with, even though it's been a rough season for the A's so far this year. Still a good group of guys to be around. Now, uh, you have done play-by-play, I mean, virtually – uh, for every sport, what, uh, San Jose, Cal. Yeah. Did you also do the inaugural XFL? Were you a part of that broadcast? I did. I was the radio voice of the San Francisco Demons in the first installment of the XFL that played at what's now Oracle Park in San Francisco. Um, Merton Hanks, who played for the 49ers, won Super Bowls, who's oddly enough, here's how things come full circle, Merton now is in charge of football operations. He's the associate commissioner for the Pac-12 running football. So <laughs> here is Merton and I crossing paths again, and Merton's awesome. And I love working with him. So the inaugural year of the XFL, we had a blast. It was great. We had really good crowds. We were the one franchise that did really well. If you go back and look at the attendance numbers, the Demons were averaging about 33,000, 34,000 fans a game. It was a place to be in, in San Francisco. Unfortunately, we were the only one that had that kind of success, and the league folded after one year. Right. But I loved every second of working in the XFL back in the day. They'd, they'd parade rustlers through my booth. Here I am you know, interviewing The Undertaker uh, during the middle of a game. The, the funniest <laughs> one, there was the, the wrestler, the Billy Gunn, the one Billy Gunn. Well, he was also at that time known as Mr. Ass. Right. Right. So I'm like, oh, hmm, do I call him Mr. Ass on the radio? You know, and I kind of rustled with that for a second. I just said, screw it. That's who he is. This is WWE, you know, owned uh, football. I'm doing it. And so, but it was neat. I interviewed Vince McMahon. Linda, Mc, Linda McMahon could not have been a nicer lady. She was great. And all the people, they treated us fabulously. Only problem is it only lasted one year. And that was a disappointment for me. One year. Uh, and, uh, you know, the different things, you know, as I mentioned, I, I program a station here, and every weekend there's about six, seven different college football games, and I feel like your name is almost on 
all of them, like Touchdown Radio, Sports USA, ESPN, you have certainly gotten checks from a lot of different outlets. Either I'm upsetting a lot of people because I keep bouncing around, or maybe they just happen to like me for some stupid reason. Right. But so during the football season, I I still do a handful of games on national radio when I have bye weeks from television. Uh, But mostly I'm doing TV for the Pac-12 network. Uh, So I'm getting ready now. Here we are, what, the middle of August. I'm getting ready for football, and I still have baseball season to do. But that I I love the variety. It keeps it fresh. And as you guys know, the broadcast for television as opposed to radio are very different. Yeah. And I always have to reinforce to myself uh, what broadcast I'm doing and how to present it that day. And then sometimes, okay, which network am I working for today? Uh, (laughs) Yeah. But I, I think that goes into the fun for me, it, it keeps it fresh. I love the variety. And, and look, these days I, I get to do college football, college basketball, Major League Baseball, college baseball in the postseason for ESPN. Uh, last year when EH, the NHL rights came to ESPN, I got to do some NHL games, which I, I, I love. I have a huge passion for hockey. My, my son's a pretty good junior player, so – I love the variety. It keeps it fresh and it keeps it exciting. And again, like I said before, I wouldn't trade with what I'm doing right now for anything. Now, Roxy, Kevin Kugler was on with us a few weeks ago and told us, mm-hmm. you know, he had to do seven games in seven days in seven different cities. Have you had such a journey, uh, a streak like that? I have. And, and again, I'm sure people are really, you know, playing the violin and feeling sorry for me. Uh but that's why you got to get your rest. You got to be smart about how you do things. The craziest thing was this is years ago. I, this was only a five game in five cities and five nights, but it was two different sports in two different countries. And I was doing Cal basketball on the radio at the time, but also pinch hitting uh, for Dan Rusinowski, uh, who does San Jose Sharks on radio. And Dan was in a horrific car accident. And luckily, it took time, but Dan's doing great, was able to come back, and he's still doing an unbelievable job as the voice of the Sharks to this day. But I was pinch hitting for him while he was recuperating and and coming back. So I had a stretch of five games and five nights. I woke up the fifth day, and I woke up right before, this is when we used to get alarm uh, wake-up calls in the room. And right before, and I'm trying to figure out where I am before it came. And I had no clue where I was. I had been in L.A., the Bay Area, um, Edmonton. And I'm looking around, and then all of a sudden the call comes. I still have no idea where I'm at. (laughs) And I answer the phone. They go, good morning. It's minus, it's 9 a.m., it's minus 5 degrees. And then, okay, I'm in Canada. That I can tell you. Oh, I'm in Calgary. We're playing Calgary tonight. That's where I am. <laughs> that's the craziest thing that's ever happened. Like waking up in a hotel room and I, and I have no idea where I am. Like I, I can't tell you how many times I've gone to the wrong hotel room. Just I, I get my number confused and not knowing what room I'm in. You're in and out of so many hotel rooms. But that was the only time I woke up and I had no idea where I was. One more, Roxy, if we can kind of go back in the, the memory banks a little. Back to those Miami Marlins days. You know, what comes to mind as far as that experience, how it helped shape you into to who you are today and, you know, some of the names you may have worked with back then? First and foremost, 
it was the opportunity to work with Dave Van Horn. Here is a Hall of Famer who'd been doing it forever. And I got to sit every day and soak up knowledge from him, do 162 games with a legend. And he was the first voice in the history of the Montreal Expos. And he welcomed me with open arms, could not have been a better mentor to me. And I learned so much from Dave and what it's like to be a professional, to be a major league broadcaster. And he paved a, a great path for me, and I thoroughly enjoyed it. Uh, every day I got to call a game with Dave. And we had a good group that we traveled with. He, it was just him and I on radio and Jesse Agler, who worked with us, who's now the voice of the San Diego Padres. Um, Rich Waltz and Tommy Hutton on the TV side and Craig Minervini. And Craig still is one of my close friends. I talk to Craig all the time. Um, and, and then just the baseball people that we travel with. I had three managers in three years. It was Jack McKeon's final year in 2005. Joe Girardi the one year, which was certainly an, uh, an adventure in 2006 with what I saw firsthand in his one year at the Marlins when he was the National League Manager of the Year and they fired him. And then Freddy Gonzalez, his first year, 2007. A lot of great players. I got to watch Miguel Cabrera play every day. Um, Dontrell Willis, I, I still go back to 2005, should have won the Cy Young. I know they gave it to Chris Carpenter, but if you go back and look at the numbers, Dontrell deserved it. He had a better year. And Dontrell and I still talk about that. It still bothers him that he didn't win it. He'll never say it publicly, but I know privately it bothers him that he didn't win it. But it was just a great group of people to be around. I enjoyed it every day. But at the end of the day, just Florida wasn't for me. And I'm a Californian born and raised, and we just had our daughter, and I had to make some decisions. And, and I, I just wanted to be back in California, raise our kids there. And there were opportunities that were popping up there as well. So it made it. A smooth transition to go back to the Bay Area full time. Uh, we'll finish with this. Roxy Bernstein's our guest. What's 2022? The rest of it kind of look like. What are you getting ready for? Uh, where will people be able to hear you this season for the various sports into 2023? Well, a couple more games here on this road trip of the A's before we head home. And then I've got some uh, MLB on ESPN radio coming up. End of the month, I've got a Saturday, Sunday night, uh, Braves, Cardinals. Um, Labor Day, I'm going to be in Houston doing the Astros against the Rangers. And there's going to be some more games that are going to be picked as, as September progresses toward the playoffs. I'll be working the postseason for ESPN Radio. College football starting up soon. And then, of course, we head into college basketball, which is going to start in the early part of November. And I love how the, the, the calendar keeps going, the cycle keeps turning, and I'm completely good with that. Keep throwing stuff at me. I'm not going to complain. By the way, he also called the Home Run Derby this year I did. on ESPN Radio. That, that's that been was something. a unique experience. That was vastly different than anything I've ever done. Yeah. I mean, when I'm looking up and I'm seeing three baseballs in the air at the same time and trying to figure, okay, which one am I supposed to be watching? That was that was unique. That was hectic, but it was uh, great to be a part of with Boog Shambi and uh, Doug Glanville. Well, uh, the – wild ride Roxy Bernstein just took us on from a Grateful Dead show uh, to the Major League Baseball All-Star Game. It's been a pleasure having you on here with us on the Announcer Schedule podcast and uh, giving our listeners a little insight on uh, what it's like to basically be behind the mic for all the sports, Roxy. We appreciate it. Mike, Phil, thanks for having me. Appreciate it.
If you own a vehicle with less than 200,000 miles and have an auto warranty about to expire or no warranty coverage at all, listen up. CarShield has a low-cost month-to-month vehicle protection plan that covers more parts than ever. Visit carshield.com/audio to find out how you could pay almost nothing for covered auto repairs. Drivers who activate this vehicle protection today will also receive free roadside assistance, free towing, and car rental options at no additional cost. Get your free quote today at carshield.com/audio. That's carshield.com/audio. 